When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm delighted, I've been la-di-da-din Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top Man, these boys, they be potting I trust them like a lot And they told me that I get it Guess what? I got it You should do it too You will never lose If you ever do Must have been a ruse Ricky, that's my dude Stoops is super cool Sharks up in the pool I've been sparking up my tools I've been looking to win Spend a little again I've been first fiddled it in my God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David and light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee, alright? D- David delight. D- David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the college football season, obviously, but we're going to tackle the players who really need this 2020 season, the players who could be hindered without a season, and the players that we feel like should opt out. Um, There's a lot of conversations happening with a couple different conferences bowing out, not playing, potentially playing in the in the spring, maybe playing later in the fall. So we have a couple different dynamics going into it, and we want to talk about the players that really need it this season. Obviously, some of the players that are going to be hurt, whether it's the incoming freshmen with the late guys and stuff like that. And then, of course, guys that we think are no-brainers should just opt out, not even take the risk of playing this year. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and partner here. Stoops, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited to uh, definitely talk about this one. It's something that we... You and I, but just Twitter in general as well, um, have kind of touched base on, right? It, it's one of those, like, why is this person going to play? Or, man, this really, this guy really needs a season. Or this, it's just, it's, there's just so many aspects going into it. So to kind of really hone in on a couple guys that, you know, well, more than a couple in some sections, but some guys that we, we feel fit these categories. Um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what names you throw out there because, as always, when it comes down to things like this or rankings or anything, we don't talk to each other about it. We don't We don't give the names. I'm sure some of the names we know, like, right, I, we probably have some of the same names, but we have not talked about it. So I'm excited to see who you've got listed down and, and kind of where we match up or don't match up and all that fun stuff. Yeah, uh, Sal Kuzumano, um, we kind of posed a question to – um twitter as a collective whole while we're trying to figure out whether or not we're going to have a season as a collective whole before we kind of dive into these like next week we'll dive into the sec preview that you know we'll start doing other conference previews we want to make sure that we're talking about relevant topics we're making sure that these guys are going to actually play obviously like the sec is full going conclusion right now they are gun hole was the big 10 has said that they're going to play as well um so we have a couple different options to talk about but we kind of went to twitter and said hey what do you guys want us to talk about sal came on there and said you know what's like the ramifications of the small school uh, what happens to smaller school guys big school guys what about you know guys you know conference joining conferences 
Um, that one to me personally, it's kind of like out of the wheelhouse for us, right? There's not a lot we can really particularly touch on when it comes to these college football teams. Like, I don't know the dynamics of like the big 12, you know, joining the, this conference or the Pac 12 joining these guys. And it, would it be cool? Absolutely. Like, you know, we all selfishly, selfishly, as I like to say it, want college football, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, that's we've had a season of our lives in this last what eight months that has been very a whirlwind of events mm-hmm. that has been crazy and we've lost a lot of different things we, we we lost being able to go in places so we want to feel that normal again and college football season's right around the corner that's one of those things that's like bam like that makes you feel like Saturdays are busy right you know the Saturdays are for the boys type thing you know what I mean but you got Saturdays and then you have Sundays you have you have, you have the Thursday games you got the Monday night football. You football season means four to five nights of the week. We're watching football, right? And that's some of the best parts of the year. So we're selfishly wanting a season in some aspects. But for me, it's also about the safety of the players, the coaches, the other individuals within it. Let's not, we're not taking that out of consideration here. We're just talking about doing our part here. If there's a season, if there's not a season, we're not here to tell you one way or another whether we think there should be a season, whether we don't think there should be a season. Um, me personally, I'm not qualified to speak on that. I, uh, I'm just a guy with a job that uh, you know has no bearing on whether there's going to be a season or not. You know what I mean? So there's that. You know, uh, Stoops, anything? Well, and I don't know if you saw it, but um, and I, I did not. Re- I always, I'm just so bad about this. I see headlines, I see certain things, and I'll, I'll bring it up. But I don't ever read into it. I should really start doing that. But anyway, I got a notification on my phone. Something about the FDA approved some sort of like saliva testing, um, which I I don't know if that, you know, it's a quicker result or if it's just an easier test. I I don't know. But I guess by by them approving that or uh, yeah, approving that it helps. Um, I guess the, the way that faster, maybe, is, right? but like college football, like it, it makes it more realistic that NFL college football, you know, and, and certain leagues can happen. So again, I, I didn't read more in depth and they probably don't even have all the information on it, honestly, but um, it was just interesting to see that. So, and a big thing for me is like, and this won't happen because I know the NCAA is not going to approve this. And, and, and I don't know if teams would even be truly allowed, but it's like Nebraska saying like, well, if, if our season's post, like we want to play now, like, can we go to this SEC then? Can we right. play? In yeah. The, I don't you know what I mean. Know like, it's not going to happen, you, Yeah, I, but it's just crazy that schools are even saying like, okay, let us go somewhere else. Then let us, or, it's just for the year, obviously, but it's like, let us go play these schools. Let us get this over with. Like it, there's just so much uncertainty and so much like, yeah, just yeah, chaos. If you're almost, I don't now, know. If you're allowing stuff yep. like stuff now, like where's the dynamic of saying, "All right, this is just for this time being." Well, then you push the yep. envelope next year. Like, well, I got a lot of money when I played in the SEC last year, mm-hmm. so maybe I want to be in the SEC permanently. And you know, the SEC has that dynamic. SEC has said from day one that they're going to play. The one thing that I like the NFL has done. NFL is like testing every single day yep. right now. You know, up until I think there's a certain date right before the season starts, they're testing these guys every single day. It's very important to this, you know, to the point of whether or not we're going to have a season or not. But like I said, uh, enough about the minutia. Let's talk about some of the things that we want to talk about here. Like I said, we're going to cover the guys that we think are going to be hurt without a season, some players that really need this season, and then players we think that should opt out. Obviously, we had two big time names, potential first round talents opt out of the season. We had Rashad Bateman uh, from Minnesota and Rondell Moore from Purdue 
opt out. Um, two very smart decisions, in my opinion. What do you think, Stoops? I agree. Um, I think I, I think if Rondell Moore doesn't have the injury last year and has essentially a second season like he did, he could still opt out. But I don't think it crosses his mind as much necessarily because really injuries don't. I mean, it's football, right? We, we've said it. You're going to get hurt in some fashion. It's just what's the severity of it. So I think if he played a full season last year, he may still want to play right he, he may not opt out um but i think obviously with with conferences obviously saying we're postponing our seasons until x time frame or some just coming out and saying hey we're canceling all together and him kind of falling into those categories with with his team i think it's an easy decision for him um he had a phenomenal first year i mean it's it, it's one of those where people always say go back to this year go back to this year watch the film this year right he's that player rondell moore is um, so I agree with his decision and Rashad Bateman. I mean, we were v us, Twitter, Minnesota fans, you name it. We're, we're thrilled to watch him on the field this year. They couldn't wait. This is his time, right? It's going to be his time to shine. And he says, I'm going to opt out and just go, you know, get ready for the draft. But when you think about it long-term, it's probably the best decision because of the uncertainty to everything, Right. And I, uh, the biggest thing that I've also also seen, and Trevor Lawrence has been the one that's come out and really said it more so than others uh, as far as being vocal, they feel almost safer with the schools, right? They almost feel safer there because they are testing. They are keeping them kind of in certain areas and like they're they're just more, you know, I don't know, just they're, they're, they feel safer, right? They're not in a bubble truly, but if they go back home kind of thing. Then it's, you know, well, what's going to happen? Who are they going to see? Are they going to come in contact with people they haven't seen before? So the two of them opting out, I, I don't think it's unexpected, but at the same time, you you don't know who is or is not going to opt out. So yeah. it obviously it gives us that shock factor, but I like both of those um, opting out. I think it was a smart decision that I, I think it's not going to hurt their draft stock. I don't think anybody who opts out their draft stock will be hurt. Um, I think people are going to that having a season and having play, they're going to boost their stock more than somebody who opts out is going to get hurt. Uh, yeah, draft stock wise. That's what I think. So, yeah, I'm sure it was a pick up a phone. Hey, what's my draft stock? Yep. You know what I mean? Get this, get the feel for the NFL scouts. I'm Bateman. I'm more, I get the phone call that says, yeah, you're a first or second round talent. Mm -hmm. You're really not going to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. not really going to – and the thing about it was is Minnesota and Purdue, they probably weren't playing for any championship value this year, right? You know what I mean? No, Minnesota, Minnesota possibly. Maybe, maybe. But, you know what I mean? It, there's still a lot of question marks, and I think it's a smart decision by both. Yep. Now we're going to transition here into the guys that we felt like needed to play this year. I'm talking guys that were like, you know, fringe prospects – um, that 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 were like, all right, they're on the radar, but if they had a breakout year this year, their stock was going to rise higher than ever. It's funny to talk about this because a couple of guys obviously we'll talk about will probably be in the quarterback position for some of these guys. But the thing about it is for me that's crazy is we've talked about on the show outside of Lawrence and Fields, and even with Fields, it's still kind of a question mark. I felt like he needed this season a little bit. I didn't. I'm not going to talk about Fields, but. I, I feel like he could opt out too, but like after that, this quarterback situation in, in the draft rankings is really, there's a lot of just meh, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And there's a lot of guys that really needed to step up and that's what we're going to talk about here. Um, obviously we'll talk about quarterback, running back receiver here, but Stoops, I'll let you kick it off with your guy. 
Yeah. So um, the first one that I'm going to talk about um, is my favorite quarterback prospect. Um, and it is Kyle Trask. And I, I've said this, right? I know I bring him up any chance I can. I get it. But it's one of those where as much of a believer as I am, he needs this season. Yep. He 1,000% needs this season. And Joe Burrow came out and said it too, right? If this this situation happened last year, Joe Burrow was probably looking for a job, yep. not in the NFL, right? I feel that that's kind of Kyle Trask's path. And I went back and I was curious. And again, I, I know I'm comparing these two, you know, kind of thing. But I went and looked at Joe Burrow's junior year stats, he had 2,894 passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns, and five interceptions. That was Joe Burrow in his junior year. Kyle Trask, last year, his junior year, 2,949 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. I'm not saying those numbers to say, oh, they were better than Joe Burrow's. That's not what I'm saying. But my point being, if those are the numbers that NFL teams are going to be looking at and seeing, as opposed to a potential 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, three interceptions, right? Those are NFL numbers that you want to see. So if, if we're going off of the Kyle Trask numbers of what he did his junior year, it's the same position, right? He might be looking for a different job. So it's one of those where I, I think he needs a season more than a lot of these guys do because he is on that cusp where someone's going to take a chance on him. I understand that, but are they going to take the chance in the fourth or fifth round, or is he going to be able to have a season come out? And now he's a early first, late first, second round guy, right? What is that going to do for him? And, and you obviously look at it from the player side. That's, that's money. That's, that's boost and money for, you know, in his pocket, obviously his agent's pocket and stuff too, but um, it's just a, it's just a grand scheme of things. So for me, Kyle Trask is, is a huge one um, that, that really needs a season. And I think he's going to, as I've said before, come out and just, you know, show his true abilities on the field and prove everybody wrong that said he can't do it. Uh, for me, obviously, I'm going to talk about another quarterback that I love to talk about. This is one guy that I feel like can be the third best quarterback in this class. It, it, Trask and him are kind of hand in hand, obviously, in the same conference as well, and that's KJ Costello. Um, Costello, in my opinion, his raw ability is talent. I mean, whenever he came out, he was a he was a top fifty prospect coming out. I mean, this guy was a four star top fifty recruit. He made an immediate impact whenever he came in Stanford. And really, you know, last year, you know, in twenty eighteen stats, twenty nine touchdowns, eleven interceptions, sixty five percent completion percentage. He had thirty five hundred yards. He had a really solid twenty eighteen season. And then last year, the injuries, the you know, Davis Mills coming kind of really showing up and, and starting to play a little bit. You know what I mean? There was a little, you know, head-to-head -head competition going on right there. He needed to get out of there, right? You know, because who? I'm not saying he couldn't have beat out Mills for that job, but he knew if he was going to start somewhere, he's going to have to and, and not get the competition. I'm not saying he won't have the competition in Mississippi State, but the, the pairing with Mike Leach, I was excited excited the day that I found out that Casella was transferring to Leach. Leach has produced uh, – I mean, Anthony Gordon didn't get drafted, no, but Gordon is a good quarterback, and I still think that he might be a backup for years to come. I never said he was going to be a pro star or anything like that, but Gordon went from a, a, a one-season wonder. You know what I mean? He was technically a one-season wonder. Gardner Minshew, we look at what Minshew has done. Minshew had a great first season in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? He was 6-6 six six as a starter, 29, 24, 25 touchdowns couple of interceptions another guy 
Costello is hands down the most talented quarterback that Leach has ever had the opportunity to develop in the system in his system. And we see consistently over 40 touchdown passes, over 600 passes. If Costello has the season that that either Minshew or Gordon had, Costello is a top he's a top five prospect in this draft. That is money, right? You know what I mean? Just like you said, his draft prospect is skyrocketing to the top. Maybe he goes down to Mobile. He goes to Mobile, goes to the Senior Bowl where he's eligible to go, goes out there, shows out down there as well, the same way that Justin Herbert did. And then coming out of there, you have guys like Daniel Jones who went down to the Senior Bowl and came out with a top, you know, top pick of the draft. That you know, after leaving the Senior Bowl, Costello has all of the ability in the world he, to run that high power offense. And I really hope that we get to see it because, in my opinion, this kid is good. And I just – I'm excited to see him in this offense. I hope we get to see it. But this man needs this season because if we're going based off of what we saw in 2019, even if we look at that 2018, there's so much skepticism in his – whether it was the injuries, it was the concussion, whether it was the leg injury. You have so many different variances here of why Costello needs this season. And he's he's that top. Like literally the first two guys that come to my mind, trash Costello, right? Mm-hmm. First two guys. Um, I got a couple other guys that really come to mind, but these two really come and take that because I think that range, that quarterback range, what after Trey Lance, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, but like that range going into that top four, top five, that's a second. That's, that's, that's one through three. That's, that's first round, second round, third round potential. If you're a top five quarterback prospect, right? So for me, it's important to get those pivotal steps to move forward. And Costello has all the ability to do so down in Mississippi state. Yeah, Costello was another guy I had listed on there as well. So you said everything you need to say about him. Um, I'm going to switch pitch, uh, positions on you. Um, do you have any other quarterbacks? or was it just? I do, but I, we could go back and forth. It's fine. Cool. So my guy next I'm going to talk about is actually Keontae Ingram, um, obviously running back out of Texas. When you look at it last year, and I've talked about the the Longhorns running back situation, you know, the coaching staff just didn't help them as a whole, but they really didn't help Ingram out. But when you look at the stats, they're actually – very respectable numbers, right? So let's look at the, what is it? 2018 season. He had 133 rush attempts for 683 yards, only three rushing touchdowns, 25 receptions, 153 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. So obviously in that year, the receiving um, touchdowns are definitely on the lower end. You want to see those numbers higher, especially from the starting running back, right? So I still just think that the the coaching staff just didn't really help him out and and be able to show his true abilities. Now, when you watch the film, you see what he can do. You see it. But when you look at numbers, right, it's just not there. So you fast forward to 2019. Only had 10 more carries. He had 143 rush attempts, 853 rushing yards, though. So he increased there. Seven rushing touchdowns, 29 receptions for 242 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. So he increased his touchdown count, but not by much, and his yardage did go up. But he's still just not getting the carries. you know. So my concern is that he he just, again, isn't given that opportunity to really showcase what he can do when you give him 200 carries. Now, obviously... Bijan Robinson coming in, coming in, right? How is that going to affect things this year for him? But, um, and I've said this before, I still think Keontae is going to be the guy for at least the first two to three weeks. And Bijan's going to have a heavy dose of touches, but I, I just think Keontae is the guy he's got the experience, especially with these off season, you know, issues that we've seen. Um, it is easier for a running back in my opinion to come in and really, you know, trans, trans, uh, translate from high school to college, 
but you still, it's faster, right? It, it's, I, I, this is, this is not a direct, you know, comparison, but when I was in high school, I was on, you know, JV basketball. As soon as I made that transition to varsity basketball, the speed was unbelievably faster, right? I didn't think it would be that crazy, but it is. They understand that, right? But going from high school to college, it's, it's just going to be insanely fast. So I think Keontae Ingram is one that really needs this season. I think the coaching staff's got to change um, their play calling. I'm not saying gear everything to him, but they've got to get him more than 143 carries. I think if he can get at least 170, 175 at minimum, I think he'll get well over that 1,000-yard mark, 10-plus touchdowns. His receptions, I think, are, are okay. Even if he had another season where it was 29 receptions at 242 and three receiving touchdowns, I think that's respectable enough showing his ability that he had three straight years of 25 plus receptions, right? So I think that's an awesome number, but we've got to get him some more rush attempts. So I think Keontae Ingram, again, as I've said, is a guy that really needs this season. Um, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how he's handled um, as far as play calling goes and, and what they really do with him. And then obviously Sam Ellinger, he's, he's going to play a factor in his total carries, right? Cause he rushed for, I think what, 160 some odd rush attempts or something like as a quarterback. So that digs into it, but um, got to get Keontae Ingram the ball, but I think he's one that needs this season and, and he needs that coaching staff to really help him um, definitely boost his, his draft stock. It's kind of funny. You mentioned him because you really could think about his counterpart. Sam Bellinger really needs a season too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't even think, I didn't really think about him until now, whenever you started talking about him, but Ellinger could really see, need a season as well. Uh, I'm going to pivot back to the quarterback position real quick, just for a second, um, because there's another guy I want to talk about. I feel like you need this season. It's kind of crazy that everybody that I'm talking about is within the SEC. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are, um, but Jamie Newman, um, well, I really yeah. feel Damon Newman needs a season in the worst possible way. Um, I did my write up on him. I feel like they kind of bottled him up whenever he was in um, Wake Forest, right? They 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 kind of put put him in that RPO style offense, and that's not the quarterback that Jamie Newman was coming out of high school. And you know, I feel like Georgia was going to be able to utilize him. Um, obviously, Newman has a couple things playing against him, right? Not just mm-hmm. this potential season, maybe playing, not playing. But then, of course, if it does play, what does JT Daniels have to do? What you know what I mean? What does that factor yeah. in? Obviously, for me personally, JT Daniels has another year of which he can play. This is it for Newman, right? It's yep. senior season. Like, it's a it's a wrap, you know what I mean? Obviously, cancel season, they said something about you have an eligibility for another yeah, year. Yeah, I think they'll do that. But it, And I'm not trying to interrupt, but it's like, at what point is that even worth it? Right, right. and that's the thing. Like, the, 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 the one thing that I meant to touch on at the top of the show is – age is a factor mm-hmm. here too you know what i mean you're another year older you're a quarterback you're well, 25 now when you're getting drafted instead yep. of maybe 23 some of these younger kids you know what i mean it's not in your favor but i, I i'm very very skeptical you know skeptical of jamie newman and his abilities i'm not saying he's not talented but i'm saying i needed to see him in a pro style offense in that georgia offense maybe with some white maybe with some pickens Pickens really could have upgraded his game like no other. They had the abilities. They had the talent. They had all the things that they could have used in order to showcase Newman and basically raise his draft stock this year. That's something that I really kind of expected from Newman. But without a season, yeah, with the season, he really needs a season because this season is going to be do or die for him. And that's why why he's on my list as well. You know what I mean? He he has this ability – but watching him on the field, it, it's going to have to transition. So for some reason, we don't get some sort of a season. We're looking back at what Jamie Newman did last year, and I'm not really convinced 
at, that we're going, he's a first round, second round, third round pick. Jamie Newman might be right now, in my opinion, a fifth or sixth round pick. I don't think that he's not, not taking away from any of his abilities, but there's just so many other quarterbacks. Because if you look at the tape, if you look back at Ellinger's tape last year versus Newman, I'm taking Ellinger, right? I think that they're, Ellinger's not a bad quarterback. I know he's got a bad rap and I feel like he's been at, you know, everybody says jokingly he's been at Texas for 150 years, which is <laughs> kind of true. But I really like Ellinger. And I think that you saw flashes from him last year of his ability to be a quarterback on the next level. Yep. Newman, yes, he has well as well, but he hasn't really played against that top flight, you know, teams the same way that Ellinger has. So for me, it's kind of important for Newman to have this season. Uh, I'll pivot real quick just to the running back position. One guy that I wanted to talk about was Trey Sermon. Um, Sermon's another guy. He, he's kind of in the same boat as Costella, uh, KJ Costella, because it's the injury, right? It's the injury, then it's the transfer. There's a lot of hype there. Right now, there's no season. Right now, there's no season for you know for yep. the Ohio State, the Michigans, the the, the, the entire was Big Twelve. There's no season right now, right? So Trey Sermon transferred to Ohio State with the possibility of really uprising his draft stock, playing next to Justin Fields, right? That's the big one, right? Yep. You know, we saw what Dobbins did in that offense last year and the capabilities that can be had in there. Sermon has the talent. You know, he's got that talent. You know what I mean? He's got the talent. Obviously, he got Master Team back there, but Sermon is like, um, in my opinion, he's like twice the, you know, the ability that Master T does. It's neither here or there. But for me, Trey Sermon was another guy that needed this, right? The draft class is high. Even talking about the receivers, there's receivers and running backs that need this because there's an upper enchilada of receivers that are already up here, right? You already have, especially, you know, in your wide receiver running backs, you have Chuba, you have Etienne, you have you have Harris, right? These three guys are your three guys, right? You're kind of facing an uphill battle to go up and catch these guys. Like at the receiver position, you're catching up to a Bateman, a Moore, a, a Chase. You know what I mean? These guys, you're trying to get up to these guys' level because you're already playing a step behind. In the quarterback position, a little bit different. You have Lawrence, you have Fields. But then you have the rest of the crowd, which you could kind of showcase yourself just like Joe Burrow did. Joe Burrow went from a nobody to number one pick of the draft, right? So it, you have those capabilities. I'm not saying you can't do that in the running back wide receiver position, but it's a lot harder to do, especially if you don't have a season. And especially if we're going based off Trey Sermon last year, injuries, concern, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Trey Sermon, this is this is not good for him right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can see what he does at the uh, the combine, maybe it's, you know the bowls or whatever have you. But right now we're having no Big Twelve. Trey Sermon needed this season, hundred percent. Big Ten. You get? Oh, sorry, Big Ten. Sorry. He yeah he came for the Big Twelve, so it's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so the last guy that I, I I've got one more that that needs a season, and it's not because um lack of ability or anything. It's almost more of just a, a, he was the fourth guy in line and that's Jalen Waddle. I love, love, love Jalen Waddle. I do. Right. I mean, he's good, right? He's good, but he, he just hasn't been the focal front or, you know, the focal point of that offense. I think so. You look back, right? 2018, 41 receptions, 803 yards, seven touchdowns. You look back at 2019, he actually had a, a, you know, decrease in in catches and yards and touchdowns actually 33 receptions 560 receiving yards and six touchdowns so you look at those numbers they're not all that 
highs, right? They're not anything eye-popping. I mean, really, 41 receptions, 803 yards. That was 19.6 yards per catch. Like that, or That's that's phenomenal. So you got to love seeing that. But I think now having Judy gone, right, having Ruggs gone, it's, it's Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith, right? It's going to be those two guys that are just – tearing up the field. So I think this was Jalen Waddle's time. Um, I think he, he, he needs this season to really boost his draft stock. I think he's already, you know, highly, highly talked about uh, at the NFL level because of his speed more, more so than, than what we see on the, you know, the number side of it. But um, he's a guy that I, I'm a big fan of. I think he needs this season and, and it's quarterback plays. I think going to play, play a big factor for him. Who's I, we think it's Mac Jones. We think it's Bryce young. We don't know who it is, right? We're not going to know until they step foot on the field and, and Alabama takes that first snap. Cause that's just what Nick Saban does. So um, he's the last guy that I had that, you know, needs a season, but Jalen Waddle is definitely someone that a lot of people are already talking about. They're, you know, on the, the Twitter landscape of things and Debbie leagues and so on. Jalen Waddle's a guy that a lot of people have already came around on, but um, from I the NFL I, side I of it, I think I disagree with you there. Really? I, I, I do. I, I, I'm not saying he couldn't have benefited from this season, but I still think that – I feel like right now – I mean, he's obviously, I think, my number two receiver in this class. But I think Waddle could easily, hands down, go to like a combine and show out and still be a top three receiver. But I, I could see – I could see both sides of the fence is basically what I'm trying to say. I, I personally feel like he doesn't. But at the same time, I can see your point of view. You know what I mean? It's not like I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I don't. So where would you draft him then? Based on what we've seen in the numbers, like where would you draft him in the in, NFL? In the NFL, I think he's a low first round pick easily. See, and I don't think he gets drafted that high right now. I think he's. I mean, we've talked about this. I feel like he's the a only reason he will is Ruff. because of speed. The only well, reason absolutely. he will is because of speed. Absolutely, though. That's that's the thing, though. I mean, rugs. Though, so, okay. Rugs, so so he goes out and has a season. Yeah. He goes out right. and has a season, right? He then puts up. 77 receptions for 1,400 yards and 16 touchdowns. You're telling me that he's not now a early first round potential receiver, like I still the number one I, receiver off. I I, I, I think he, he would I be a. I think he if at that with his speed, I think he'd be a top ten pick, easy, no question. I think that he's potentially a, a top twenty pick right now. Yeah, I don't I don't see him that high. I would say maybe mid second, maybe. Ugh. Right now, and I and I'm a big fan of what I, I know. Oh, I know you are. Whenever we were recording last week, right? Whenever you you said you would take someone, so I draft someone, whatever. You had a yeah. you're a huge fan of them, and you had them like super low. And anyway, doesn't matter. The over under thing, I think, is what it was. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, just a quick clip it on a few other guys. I had a couple other guys real quick. Um, Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. I feel like he could have really used this season, but basically for the same reasons you said for Waddle, I feel See, like and he I disagree. I'm just kidding. I had to. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> I just feel like we have so much talent at the top of this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy, Trevon Grimes. I've talked about him a yeah. lot on this show, yeah. but he needs it the same reason Trask does, right? I feel like if Trask has a great season, Grimes is right behind him. Um, Journey Brown's a guy I feel like needs this season, and then of course Nico Collins out of Michigan. I call. I saw a laughable thing where they said that he's a first round talent, which. I don't really believe that, but um, 6'4", 216, he's a nice receiver threat. Obviously, this would have been the first year he's actually playing with a college, an actual quarterback, too. You know what I mean? That would have been nice. But right now, he's not playing with anybody. So, um, like, well, with everybody I mentioned, Sermon, Journey Brown, Nico Collins, you know, those guys aren't having a season as it sits today. Uh, All right, so transitioning to who it hurts. Um, 
I'm going to let you kick it off with the hopes that you're not going to talk about the guy that I want. No, so the first guy that I have listed, I'm not going to go super in-depth with, and I'll move to my second guy. Um, the first guy I had was Trey Sermon. Um, I think it's just, her, like you said, injuries. Yeah. I think this was his time um, playing with Justin Fields, right, and Ohio State in general. It was just his time, right? I, I think he's when he was going to be the guy. So he was the first one I was going to touch base on. You've already touched in-depth on him. I'm not going to continue on that path. So I'm going to jump to my other guy, um, Jamar Jefferson. Um I think he's one that really, really needs this season. So you look at his freshman year out there. It, it was phenomenal. 239 rush attempts, 1,377 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 25 receptions, 147 receiving yards. When someone just comes out of the gates and has numbers like that, you have super high expectations, right? So then you fast forward to, to last season. Injuries plagued him, right? He missed some time because of that. 142 rush attempts, 685 yards um, on the ground, eight rushing touchdowns, only nine receptions for 83 yards. He did have two receiving touchdowns, which is awesome. But I think this this was the year that he shows and returns back to his original form of that 239 rush attempt, you know, season with almost 1300, almost 1400 uh, rushing yards. I think we were going to see another season like that from him. Um, unfortunately, that is not going to be the case um but he's just someone that when you watch the film um and again go watch the 2018 film right you always hear that for whoever it is right go watch this go watch that but you can even watch his 2019 film when he was healthy he still showcases his abilities he's a phenomenal running back um the the talents there it's just those injuries plagued him last season so he, he never really got to 100 percent full health but he, he's someone that really could have like i said gotten back to that original form and, and Jamar Jefferson is still a guy that in your Debbie leagues, um, you should absolutely be drafting. Um, in my opinion, even in like campus to Canton leagues, which I know that's a, trust me, we're in a, I'm in a couple, we're in a couple together. That's a whole thing that, that commissioners are trying to figure out, right? If there's no college season, how are we going to truly figure that? But that's a whole nother debate. Um, I think even campus to Canton, you still draft him, right? Yeah. He's not going to get you points. I get that you still draft him. He might, and he's going to probably drop two, three, four rounds potentially. So um, Jamar Jefferson really hurt by, by the cancellation of this season. So that's the guy that I touch base on first. All right. So for me, the one guy, God, why can I not find this guy's age for the life of me? Must be. That um, he really, <laughs> Why do, do they not publish the age of these guys anymore? I some don't do, some don't. Uh, it's so weird. I don't know. Um, the guy that I'm going to talk about is Trey Lance. Um, obviously, right now it was announced that there will not be a a season. North Dakota State will not play. They will try to play some sort of stuff in the spring. Um, the one thing that I have noticed. I've heard a lot of talk of, and and before well, before I dive in, so this off season started right the day after the draft. He's twenty. He's twenty. Okay, so the day after he, the day after the draft, Matt Miller brings out his book, big board, right, and the big board comes out, and his number two ranked quarterback was Trey Lance. That set the world on fire. Ninety eight percent, myself included, did not know anything about Trey Lance. Prior to this happening, Trey Lance had a phenomenal season, right? But this really, this really set the world on fire with a lot of people because the thing about it was, oh, who, well, who's Trey Lance? We, we got 
Trey Lance, best. He's, he's amazing. He's great. Everybody on the bandwagon. Everybody jump on board. And, and again, let's. I'm not saying Trey Lance is not good here, guys, so calm down before you start yelling. But in my opinion, Trey Lance needed this season because they had a little bit of harder schedule. He was going to get to play against Oregon. And to me personally, I didn't want to fall in the trap of Jordan Love all over again. Prior to last season, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. And then Jordan Love really was not very good last year. I understand the stats are flashy. 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's what? That's amazing, right? Those stats are amazing. No interceptions in 287 attempts. That's great. Over 1,000 yards on the ground, 14 rushing touchdowns. 42 total touchdowns last year, zero interceptions. Fantastic. But the thing about it is, is I don't believe that this guy is a first-round talent based on just that year. Period. So I feel like he needed to go out here and say, all right, this season I had was not a fluke. Here's me doing it again. Maybe maybe he has 35 touchdowns. Maybe he does finally throw an interception. Maybe he does all of that, right? He has all of these things going in his favor. Then you can sit there and say he might be the second best. He might be the third best quarterback in this draft. But to me right now, he's in the same ballpark that Kyle Trask, KJ Costello, and the host of them, Sam Ellinger, host of these other guys are heading into this season. I'm not taking away from his ability. Now, there's one thing that's there's one thing that's in question, and people weren't even certain, even if we had a season, that he would come out. Now, obviously, if he had a season and it was even half as good as it was last year, if he didn't come out, I don't think that was a very smart decision. But at the same time, I was talking to Shane Hallam, who was on the show last week or two weeks ago. He says it's a real possibility that he comes back. Even without a season, he thinks that there's a strong possibility he comes back again. Now, understanding his age, he being 20, he'll only be 21 next year, it could be a very smart decision for him. I think if there is no season, I'm I'm very, very 50-50 on what I would do if I'm Trey Lance. Will the hype ever be as good as it is today right. for Trey Lance? If he goes out there and does the Jordan Love, does he just fall into the wayside? You know, yes, Jordan Love still got picked high. Somebody fell in love with them the same way Matt Miller did. Somebody could do the same thing. But to me, I don't know how you feel, Stoops. Stoops, you're not as high in Lance as everybody else is either. You're, you're, you have him, in, I think, in your top five. I think I have him fourth or fifth. But the thing about it is I needed to see him this year, and no season hurt him a lot. So – I'm not going to jump to the whole category, but I actually had him here. And then I moved him to the should opt out category reason being the hype, right? Yeah. The hype is there. The numbers are going to be higher, <laughs> right? The numbers, I mean, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions on top of all of his rushing yards. Like it's there. Right. And honestly, I think the fact that he's coming from the school that he's coming from, they have put NFL talent into the league, Right. I I, cha- I moved him to that opt-out category um, for that reason, but I don't fault you at all. I had him in the hurt by, you know, this 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 canceled, postponed season. He was there, and then I said, you know what? Based on this hype and the numbers that he put up last year, like, he should just opt out. Will he? Obviously, we have no clue, right? Uh, we don't know what he's thinking. We don't know what his coaches – obviously, his coaches hey, – Give him a call, Trey. Back, Trey. You know, Trey. but um, – My number is 615-5. Give me a call, Trey. <laughs> But the, and, and this is crazy too. Like a lot of coaches, and I actually I love coaches that are like this. Where yes, you want your players to come back, especially those top ones. 
But then you have those coaches where it's like, no, you leave, you go now. Right. I know like this is going to a different sport, but from what I heard, like coach K basically told Zion, like leave. Right. Like Zion was considering like, I think I want to go back for my sophomore season. And coach K is like, no, you don't, you, you need to go kind of thing. So it could be the same type of thing there, but no, I moved him over to that category. So that's where I was at with him. I, I'm, and the thing about it is, is, I had him there, right? I flip-flopped on mine, right? Yeah. I flip I had him in a just opt-out. But I can see that. Like I even said, mm-hmm. you know, you said the hype is strong. The hype is real. Because really, you're just going off this small amount of tape that we have of him, and then you're going to go see him play. You're not really seeing him play on pads again, right? So you're really mm-hmm. seeing him kind of play in the, let's just say he play, you know, goes to the combine, wearing shorts and shirts. He could be impressive in those. You go to pro day, you're wearing shorts and shirt and you're just throwing Where everything's football. catered to you. Like exactly. It's, it's so a, you, yeah. your stock's only going to get yep. higher. You know, you're right. And and that's why, like I said, for me, for me, I, I don't buy it as much as everybody else does. And I'm not taking away from what he did, but yeah. can he do, could he have done that in SEC? Mm, I don't know. I would love to see that game against Oregon. Though. What if he so. transfers? Uh, Michigan. Transfers to Georgia. Oh What's, yeah, Michigan's not no. happening. But yeah, I know, right? Just go. That'd be down. crazy. No, I saw a top five thing for him transferring. I was like Michigan. I was like, man, that would be the best quarterback that we've potentially had. And then I he'd go out there and just really kind of crap the bed. And I just hey, be like, I told you guys, I'll take it. If he wants to transfer to A and M, we got an opening. <laughs> no, you don't. You have yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. Kellen Mond's yeah. another one that really needs this season. But that's yeah, he does. He needs a lot more seasons. Anyway, the last guy that I've got. Um, is is and it may, might be shocking it might not be shocking i don't really know um but max borgie um reason i say this i can get is that. because like of it. the new coach coming in i i feel that this was his opportunity to prove that he can get it done on the ground we know he can catch the ball we know he can make plays once the ball's in his hand right but his rush attempts 2018 he only had 67 rush attempts for 353 yards and seven rushing touchdowns 2019, he had 127 rush attempts for 817 rushing yards. So he he had the yards per carry. It was just pretty, pretty solid. 11 rushing touchdowns. But then you flip to the receptions, right? 47 receptions in 2018 and 86 receptions in 2019. That is not a question or a concern. He can catch the ball. I was excited to see under the new coaching staff, what does he do running the ball on the ground between the tackles. What does that look like for him? And I think if he came out and proved that this year, that it is a part of his game outside of just the pass catching. Now, don't get me wrong. Will he get a job? Absolutely. Because if you have a running back that can just catch the passes, now you are very one-dimensional. So a lot of defenses are going to almost know kind of what's happening per se. But uh, if he came out this year and, and proved that he could run the ball on the ground, I, I think that his his draft stock would have gone up. I don't think he's a first round, probably not even a second round running back, even with that ability, you know, uh, shown on the running aspect. But let's say that he was given a fifth, sixth gra- you know, round grade. Maybe he is now a third, fourth round, right? Yeah. So it's just one of those where even bumping up a round or two, makes makes all the difference in the world we've seen other running backs what wasn't it kareem hunt he was a third round i think um and i'm not saying he's would be a kareem hunt you know back i'm just saying that third fourth round running backs do get that opportunity in the right scheme now obviously kansas city that's a whole you know you a running back goes there and they're 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 top dollar right but um no oh yeah we know nobody can stop talking about ceh in kansas yeah yeah 
So I just think that this was a big year for him. I, I think him being able to, again, like I've said, just showcase his abilities on the ground, read between the tackles. What's his patience look like back there? Give him a hundred. Again, I'm not asking, I'm not expecting 250 rush attempts. Like, no, that that's just, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. And I even went back and looked. So Nick, what Rolovich, um, the new coach there um, in 2018, the running backs, um, Total, all in total, had 217 rush attempts, 981 yards, six rushing touchdowns. They only had 19 receptions. Um, 2019, 255 rush attempts for just over 1,300 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, and only 11 receptions. So the pass catching, uh, um, the pass catching game, you know, wasn't really there for the running backs. Now, did they have the ability that Max Borgia has? Probably not. But it's one of those where they definitely got more rush attempts than they did receiving opportunities. So I felt this was the time for him to really prove that. So I think by not having a season um, for Max, I, I think it kind of, I, I think it, it hurts him. Um, and it was just kind of his time to showcase those abilities. I like that one. Yeah. That's a, that's one I wasn't really thinking about as, as a collective whole um, because it's, it's a really, um, yeah, that's, that's a good one um, for me. Because you, if you think about it, he really, there's a couple, I think, Colin Hill is another guy that could really benefit from this season too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know it's gonna—he's really gonna show himself out in that. Dan, I loved like what he did on the field, but now you've got the coach you've got there. Yeah. My goodness, he's already proven he can run the ball, right? Exactly. Now give him eighty targets in the year, and he catches sixty of them. Like, for sure. Quick note for a guy that I feel like needs a season: Mac Jones. Mac Jones is hands down one of these guys that needs a season because this is his opportunity to kind of basically um have played good enough to stay to hold off Bryce Young long enough mm -hmm. to maybe help play an entire season because I feel like he did play good in, in whenever he came in for uh for Tua last year so I feel like he's gonna have every reason to uh start every single game right he's gonna have the opportunity to be the guy all year Bryce Young's gonna have his chance but if he struggles at all struggles at all Bryce Young will see that football. Alabama yep. fans will be calling for Bryce Young to be on that football field. One last guy for me um, on this season um, situation, C.J. Burdell. Um, yeah, he crossed my mind. He did cross my mind. The thing about it is, is like the, a lot of the reason I'm talking about some of these guys is because that upper enchilada of the class is really high and strong. And now he had two monster games last year, one of the Pac-12 championship game. He had 18 carries of 208 yards. And three touchdowns you know what I mean like it was a monster season he had another one against Washington State 23 257 and three touchdowns as well like but if you take those two games out of the conversation you know he's under four he's under 600 yards in in 12 other games you know what I'm saying he didn't have another 100 yard rush we have one other 100, 100 yard rushing game but the rest of them weren't you know what I mean he had a couple games where he struggled he had like you know four or five you know six games with under 3.5 yards per carry so I, I like Verdell I like him a lot Right. So I think he's one of those guys, but it's another guy that needed that season to kind of put himself in that. Yes, I'm that guy. You know, there's that tier one, but I'm right there. I'm right there with these guys. And that's what like the guys that we're talking about. You want to be in that bottom tier, right? You know what I mean? You have those three first three. You have the Harris, the ETN, the Hubbards, who I think are first, second round talent. ETN, I think, is a first round no brainer talent. Mm -hmm. But um, the rest of those guys, second, third, fourth round picks, those are the, the, the those rounds right there, that's where you're going to be able to become a starting running back. If you start going off the fifth, sixth, and seventh, you better see yourself on special teams or something like that until you possibly get a chance. So um, do you have any more for the Hurts? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. Opt outs. To me, these are some of the obvious names you want to talk about. Um, 
you know, number one guy, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I understand. He's on, he's, he's on my list. I, I understand he's championing the we want to play, and it's understandable. The guy, you know, if you think of Trevor Lawrence, he's a competitive guy. I feel like in my head, that game against LSU eats him alive, yep. right? And that's the reason why he wants back. He wants that title. You know what I mean? He wins that title. That's that's back-to-back seasons with titles. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a chip on his shoulder. For me personally, he needs – he needs to, like – Calm it down a little bit, Trevor. Just like Trevor, just sit out, man. Like I need Trevor to sit out just for my own personal gain because Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top five quarterback in the league in about five years. I just don't want him to go to Jacksonville, but that's aside the point. Um, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, top of the list. Justin Fields, top of the list. Yep. What else you got? So those are the I've got four total guys, right? Fields, Lawrence, those are my top two. Already talked about Trey Lance. The other guy I've got on here. Same guy. He's out of Clemson. Travis Etienne. I just, I just don't think he has anything else to prove. Um, obviously, them not winning the championship, right? That's going to eat at all of them. They are all ultra competitors. They all want to come back and play. They all are going to play potentially, right? I just think when you look at his numbers, it's and that's this is even going back to 2017. 107 rush attempts, 766 uh, rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, five receptions, 57 yards. We've been through the whole he's scared to catch passes debacle comment that he made. Whatever, whatever. Right. Go to 2018. Massive improvement. 204 rush attempts, almost 1700 rushing yards, 24 rushing touchdowns, only 12 receptions, 78 yards, so on and so forth. Last season, 207 rush attempts, just over 1,600 rushing yards, 19 rushing touchdowns, 36 receptions for 427 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. The fact that he came back last year, or or, or in last year's season, I should just say, showed and improved massively in the receiving game while still having over 1,600 rushing yards and nearly 20 rushing touchdowns. I just don't know what else he needs to do to solidify his draft capital, right? I think, I truly think that by him coming back, he's risking more than what he can gain. I, I just think his his draft capital, I don't know his draft capital. They don't tell me this stuff. But I just think he's a first-round no-brainer running back. That's my honest opinion. Outside of saying, okay, you know, you're a top 25 pick, right? Cool. You come back, have another season, now you're top 15, which don't get me wrong, I get it. Money differences and contracts, I, I get it, right? He can earn more money. But then there's the flip side of it, and I hate thinking this way, but it's it's got to be thought about in a sense, you know, in all aspects. If he comes back and let's say that he gets even a minor injury, misses two games, and now he's 900 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns, right, with – 15 receptions and whatever it's it's just not the same season and now the nfl teams are ah but you had that minor injury now we don't know it's just it's just it's to me it's not worth it so um if i was etn i would i would essentially um i would opt out right i would obviously talk to my team my coaches family so on and so forth but i just think it's he doesn't have much more to gain i guess it's kind of all i, I keep saying it over and over but i don't know what else he can do they said that he got a second round grade what's Last That's year, wrong. last oh, year, la- like before the season, before, or you're yeah, saying before the draft, before the draft, this past oh, year. Oh, I did know. That's right. I do remember. That's why he. Why did he not? Oh God. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In my opinion, if he comes out, the Chiefs take Etienne and not Edwards Alaire. Yeah. And 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 that would have been Etienne in that offense. I'm sorry. Oh would have look. God. No offense to Edwards Alaire, but Etienne's better. Sorry, guys. I hate to break it to you, but um, yeah, that to me, uh, Chuba. The, yeah. I've seen a lot of people complain. The biggest problem with Chuba apparently is his pass blocking, um, something that apparently he needs to work upon, which, I mean, okay, that's something. But Chuba is a guy, he's shown to be the bell cow. Najee Harris is a guy. Why, mm-hmm. why, why? Jameer Chase. Yeah. He was one that really clicked. Whenever you started talking about, I don't remember who you were talking about, but um, Chase definitely popped into my mind. Like, you are, I promise you, he is not going to have anywhere close to the season that he had last year. Will he have 1,100 yards? Probably, right? Maybe. I, I mean, it's a shortened game, so whatever. But you're not going to have the numbers he had last year. He had 20 touchdowns last year. You're not right? going to have that. You know what I mean? He had a yeah. monster year last year. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, it, it's I, – I I don't know. I, he's – there's just no reason for it, right? You know what I mean? Like, none. You know what well, I mean? Like, and, and I wonder this, and I, I'm sure you've got a couple more names that I, you can get back to it, but I'm wondering, too – if these top guys, Chase, Etienne, Lawrence, Field, well, not Fields, because their their season is is a different you know conversation, but these conferences that are still in the line of playing, right? If they opt out, do you think teams now say you know like oh do they have character issues or whatever? I'm not saying that would be brought up, but like do you think that crosses anyone's mind? I don't. It wouldn't cross my mind, but I just wonder if that's I something think that, that people might this- think. This is my personal feeling on it. My personal feeling would be, I think it's a very, uh, it's a selfless act, selfless act, not selfish, selfless. I feel like you really are showcasing maturity, but understanding that, in my opinion, understanding that you're taking what is transpiring in the world serious enough to look out for other people outside of yourself. You're looking out for your family. You're looking out for the people around you. That's my opinion. That's the way I would look at it. I don't think this is selfish at all. When Bateman did it, when when Moore said there, I'm out. Congratulations. Um, 100%. And, and Bateman, if I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but he made that announcement before it was truly official, right? I think, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Big they, yes. have a seat. Okay, okay. Yes. I, yes, I know that they'd already kind of there was rumblings about it, but I, I thought he made that before it was truly an official statement. We're postponing it. We're doing okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, he did it before they even announced. It was just the you had the option of opting in. He was at the top yeah. of the radar. So, um, one guy that kind of uh, comes to my mind. I, I I'm pretty. There's a lot of names that we could talk about that I really yeah. feel like could be like all right, this guy. He doesn't need the season. This guy, he doesn't need the season. Um, but for me, there's 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 a couple guys that I think that that would be remiss not to just mention really, really, really quick. Um, at, like Kyle Pitts. I don't think Pitts needs the season. I think Pitts is a shoe shoe in for the top pick in this. You know what I mean? Tight end tight end position, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know what I mean? That guy's super talented. Pitts, Brevin Jordan might be another guy that I don't think needs a season. Um, they might benefit from not having one for sure. Pitts, especially six six two thirty nine, he's going to be the first tight end off the board. He's a first round pick, so in my opinion, Pitts won't 
you know, doesn't really need it at all. But outside of that, you have your typical guys. I think there's a lot of receivers that need to prove themselves to Marin Terry, Terrence Marshall. Um, those guys I feel like need the season. Um, outside of that, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, like you said, we could sit here and just kind of look at names and just say all oh, them, 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 and we, it could go on forever. But I know that these are, these are some guys that really just kind of popped into the mind, you know, uh, almost immediately in some cases, some of them I kind of went and looked and, you know, just looked at some numbers and just kind of where they ranked as far as last season and then kind of went went there and that's how I pulled a couple other names. But and that's how I actually um, – Max Borgie wasn't one that that just initially off the top of my head was like, man, it's, he's he gets hurt by the season, right? I was looking through some stuff and I was like, man, I, I was excited to watch him under a different coaching staff, right? What does that do? And to me, that's a big thing too. And I understand in coaching, right, a lot of coaches, especially when they're successful, um, they stay in the position for years and years and years and years at the same school. It, it's 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 nice to see um, when you have different coaches come in, even if it's just coordinators, not even head coaches, right? So different play calling. And that's that was my biggest thing for Borgie. But yeah, just looking through lists and looking at names, we could sit here all day and just rattle them off and keep going. But I think the, the names that we threw out there are are – Probably what a lot of people have already thought, but um, you even threw out some names that I, you know, like you said, even with Sam Ellinger, like it didn't cr- didn't click in my head. Yeah. When I was talking about Ingram, when I was talking about Ingram, it was kind of just like, you know what, like he needs the season too. So Absolutely. it's just the list goes on, man. The list goes on. Absolutely, one hundred percent, folks. Do us a favor. Head on over to Twitter. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops nineteen ninety. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Next week, we're going to start talking about some of the conferences that are intending on playing. Unless between now and the next show, yeah, we get some sort of big announcement. But right now, like we're going to talk about the SEC preview next week. I'm excited about that. We're going to talk about some guys that we like within the conference. Kind of what's ahead. Who we think needs a strong season. Who doesn't, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of talk about some of the stuff that we've already talked about today. But and I promise, I will. I will not talk about Kyle Trask. He's lying. He's going to at least mention his name once. I, I will. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but folks, do us a favor. Head on over to, uh, to the Drive-In Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network, guys. We are pumping out content. The website is pumping huge. We have a huge, and if you've made it this far, we have a huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge announcement forthcoming that I am so, so, so excited about. It's really hard. It's really hard for me to keep stuff like this in. You know I, I mean? see I it. Talk like you're, about it. You were about to say it, and I'm just right. like, no, not yet. Yeah. It's like, yet. I just want to tell you, you but uh, we'll definitely mention it in the front half of next week's podcast because it'll be announced by then. But um, folks, do us a favor. Head on over to the MusicCityDriving.com. We're pumping out where our rankings have been published on there all week, quarterback and running back. We've got some more coming in the near future. Um, And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.